continue our study on identity and the subject that uh, I was given to dealing with identity was relationships and relationships in my entire life was very, very important to me. Uh, I've never heard anyone say, you know, I just wish I had fewer friends and less meaningful relationships with people. I haven't heard that. But I know growing up, relationship, I mean friends, having friends was just the most important thing to me. And in fact, I, I know with uh, uh, some of my grandkids, the first thing I say to them when I walk, if I, they come over or you know, I go over to their house, I go, my friends, my friends. I want them to know that their grandpa's their friend. It's so meaningful as you develop that uh, we notice, <clears throat> I'm, I, I, it was a sociology class I took and I didn't believe it at first until I caught myself doing it. But they told me that, they, they would teach you this, that 10 to 15 people that you know or know of, you pattern a part of your personality after. And I thought, I'm my own person. And then I noticed that when I, would, I go visit friends of mine in Alabama, I end up with a southern accent. I notice that when I'm with these friends over here, I laugh the way they laugh, and I laugh at the things that they laugh at. I'm going, I am not my own person. I'm, I'm this grouping of 15 people that I like or want to be like. And there's the problem. The problem is, is if you get with the wrong people, the problem is, is if your neighborhood has just some evil children in it, <laughs> you're going to be evil. You're going to laugh at evil things. You're going to laugh at horrible jokes. You're going to become what they are so you are liked. And that is a problem. And the Bible's... The, I want to apologize because I, I spent the majority of yesterday taking verses out. There's just too much what the Bible has to say about relationships to present it in the time that I have. But one of the things we need to look at, this these are comes from the Surgeon General of the United States. 61% of those surveyed are lonely in America. 61%. That's a lot of people. And it says that if you're heavily involved with social media, like, I gotta have it on. I, I can see people right now. You're on it right now. That's <laughs> it says 73% of people who are heavily involved in social media are lonely. Wait a minute, how can that be? I have 1,200 friends. Isn't it amazing the language they use on Facebook? It's, these are friends. Let me tell you, they're not friends. I get requests, goes, this guy wants to request, you, you, know, you know, I was going, he lives in India. <laughs> How did he get my name? And, and, and when you post something, what is it that you, everybody wants to get on your post? Liked. I like being liked. It's not real, guys. In fact, 1,200 friends. And I bet... 1,100 of them you don't follow. 
Let, let me give you let me give you a heads up. You know, uh, if you are a f- friend of mine on Facebook, and you took you took a picture of your breakfast, I go to that little button and said, "Do not follow." <laughs> I do not care what you had for breakfast. I do not care what you had for lunch or supper. You know, unfollowed. So it's amazing how the world is craving a friend to be liked. And we have all these scriptures. I, I, and I, I do want to just mention that last week, uh, Pastor Peter t- talked about identity. The, the verse that stood out was Acts 17, it says, for in him we live and move and have our being. That, that is settled. In, in Christ, we have our being. That's our identity. But there's something else that takes place that, that just doesn't end there. Because the people say, you know, I love God, I just hate his people. Uh, that's not loving God because God says, you're gonna love what I love or I don't know you. He goes, and I love people. I can't tell you how many Christians have said, you know, I just love God so much, but I can't stand the people in the church. You can't stand for the people he died for? Huh. Something about that. I wonder how, how many people you've brought to the Lord because, you know, I'm not trying to bring people to the Lord that I hate. Like, hmm. Well, let me just, let, we just want to cover some things. 1 Corinthians 13 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. Who needed to hear that in high school? <laughs> Actually, you know what this is talking about? It's referencing the Corinthians. The Corinthians were dealing with not believing in the resurrection. And that's what they called bad companies. The people who do not believe in the resurrection, don't be misled, they're bad company and they're gonna corrupt you. They're going to say things. You're going to be around them to be accepted by them that you're going to take on some of that. You're going to question the resurrection. You know, in the day, the, the, the day of death and sickness, you don't need those questions floating around in you. Those are, that's bad company. The wrong kind of friend. So, so, what we see in the Bible is the first problem in the world is not sin. It's solitude. And let me paint the picture. Genesis, in the big, you know, it's a baseball game. In the beginning, in the beginning, um, in the beginning, there was who? God. And so what did God do on the first day? He created Light, darkness. And what did he say at the end of that day? It's good. Now, every day, no matter what you get, now let me just throw this in. This is why these messages get so long for me is I throw the stuff in. Some of you people who suffer from not getting enough done, at the, work hard. You know, you get home and go, oh, I didn't get this done. Again. Work hard, be disappointed. But at the end of the day, say it was good. End Good. God ended good. And the second day, he created, it was good. The third day, it was 
fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, he had a rest. All right. The first thing that's introduced in the scriptures that wasn't good. It is not good that man should be alone. You always joke in, in, in wedding ceremonies that I do that you know, it was God who brought woman into the picture. I said, it's not good for man to be alone. I, the, the joke is, is well, what was man doing that wasn't so good? He's just there by himself. You know, <laughs> he's kicking his dog. I don't know. It's, but it's, now sin is a huge, I mean, sin was a huge fall. But this is the first introduction of something not being good in God's kingdom. And he says, it's not good that man dwells alone. We see throughout Proverbs how foolish it is a man who doesn't take counsel. How foolish is it with someone who draws away? So, our deepest problem is definitely our sin and idolatry. But our first problem was isolation. And there's people today who are isolated even with Facebook, even with friends, even you're, the more that you're on there makes me think that person needs a real friend, a real, I can go over there and talk friend because what friends talk about is not stuff that you put on Facebook or Twitter. You don't dare put that stuff. That's what a friend is. This is someone that you know or knows of you. That's not my that's not my struggles. That's not what really means stuff to me. And we're getting this, this fake idea of comfort, a phony soothing of my nerves, of just that there's no comfort in that. Though you may make you feel for a moment. Nobody knows what's going on in your life unless you post it. A friend knows what's going on in your life and they know if they need you. Hmm. Proverbs says the one who isolates himself breaks out against all sound judgment. So relationship is the whole Bible theme. 66 books that talk about relationship. People say, well, God's talking about, God is talking throughout, throughout the scriptures about restoring friendship, restoring relationships with you. He calls Noah and Enoch walked with God. That's a Hebrew idiom that means they were friends. If I said, you know, I walked, I walk with Adam. That means we're friends. Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses spoke with God. And Jesus came as the great friend of sinners. When you, when you you get into 
your Bible program and put in friends, it is amazing what you're going to find. So I spent my day going, well, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have, oh, that's a great scripture. I can't, oh, I, I even today, I, I took the clicker here because I'm, I'm going to apologize. There's some scriptures we're going to get to because there's just so much. The, the word of God tells us you need a real friend, not a companion, a friend. And in Proverbs, it even says, well, I had to throw out. It's just, you know what? You think you're, you're close to your brother? And let me tell you, in, in God, there's a friend that's closer than brothers. I want us to discover this as a church because the Lord designed this to be the place where you find those trusted friends. People who revere the word of God, people who trust in the same God. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. This was my verse in high school. This is what brought me to the Lord. It was it, oh, wasn't it John 3, 16? No, it was this one because I needed a friend that would not leave me. I, I have, I've quoted it. I said it to myself. I said it to other people. Because I loved having friends, but they left. They, they did bad things. They said bad things. They led me to bad things. But I needed a friend. And when I found this verse, this was my verse that changed my life. Because now I have a friend. He just happens to be the supreme God of this universe and everything made in it. That's a friend. That's a good friend. One who they said, who would never leave me. We, you know, and this is the difficult thing for a lot of Christians because they go, is he the supreme God that we, we worship and we, or is he our friend? He's both. He's both. And you have to embrace both. You have to know that he, I mean, with, without Christ in our life, if he appeared, we would just be blown away like a, a bomb had gone off. We would just turn to ash. We can't see his righteousness without the blood of Christ. That's who he is, but at the same time, he said, you're my friend. And so we relate to him in both. There's moments where you, you fall to your knees and you, you know you're not worthy to be in his presence. And there's other times where you're going, just cuddle me. Just, just hug me. When Crystal and I were first married, I remember I was praying and I was just, obviously it was a low time in my life, but <laughs> because I just, Lord, I said, Lord, I feel so alone. I feel so alone. And I was on our, and our apartment is over a garage and 
And, uh, you know, because I thought, well, marriage is going to be great, you know. I mean, but she wasn't home and I was feeling lonely, so I'm laying on our shag carpet. <laughs> Don't ever leave your Christmas tree up for a long time so the needles fall off when you remove it. And if you have shag carpeting, you never get those needles out. It's like, oh, oh, that's <laughs> stuck in that shag carpet. Just in case you had shag carpet. So I'm laying on the, and I'm crying out to God. And then there was just, I ran out of words. I just, I just, I cried them all out. If there was Facebook, I would have posted them. But... <laughs> Now I would have been embarrassed to post those words that I said to God. And laying their face down, something squeezed me and didn't let go. And I'm like, oh. I don't know if the Lord sent an angel or what but something hugged me. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you, if you can receive him as your friend and his friend. Well, well, you want a practical guy, we, we, don't, we can't go through the nitty gritty, but here's just some of the things that Proverbs says. Is, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Wow. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heart-filled ad- advice. That's what friends do. They give you, they tell you the truth. They tell you where you may lack, but they say you can overcome this because of your strength. They know you, not just what you had for breakfast. Do not forsake your friends or a friend of your family. Wow. And do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. You know what it's saying? You know what's stronger here is a friend a friend that's near you and knows what you're going through and sees what you're going through, that's a better place to go than your relative. Powerful, powerful words. And I I just, like I said, I had to hit delete on a lot of them. So you need to know that friendship is more like a covenant than a contract. Friendship is, is... we have a relationship and it's a give and take thing. People, people who think that marriage is 50-50, you're crazy. Or you're not married, one or the other. But the problem with people who get married, they go, well, it's 50-50 and I think I'm giving more. You're not married. You're not in a relationship. You're in a contract. You give this much, I give this much. You, and, and if you break it, I'm breaking mine. No. Let me tell you, marriage is some days... 70, 30. Other days, it's 20, 80. And it should go back and forth. There's some days that you take and there's some days that you 
give. My gifting is not Crystal's gifting. So what she gives me is not what I give back. I give something else back. A covenant. Well, let's just keep going. I got to keep moving. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. I like this one too. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, as I mentioned earlier. Let me tell you, in the church, God created the church for a community of believers to be friends safe friends can you get hurt absolutely because we're all fallen but the church is equipped with all types of resources and we, we see that in the scriptures and John here says every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts and one of the most intimate things you can do is to break bread with someone to meet in their homes. I hate going to, let's have an intimate time. Let's go to Starbucks. Are you kidding me? I don't even like their coffee. You know, for me, that's not intimacy. In fact, now when Chris and I, we, uh, we, if we have people and they want to go out to eat, we'll order from the restaurant and eat at home. For us, that's intimacy. You can say as long as you want and you don't have the waitress who comes by and sits and goes, hi, I'm Julie. I have a dog and 12 cats. Could I get another waiter? <laughs> that's not intimacy to me. You know, I, I just don't like restaurants. I'm sorry if you're a restaurant person, but I just don't want a new best friend that is going to serve me my food at a restaurant that I've never seen before. You know, that's not my best friend. It's interesting. The book, Third uh, John, okay, it's a little tiny book. It's one chapter. It's, it's only like 17 verses. So you can say, hey, I, I read a book in the Bible today. That's the one to go to. And in the, the third book of John, the Apostle John refers to the fellow believers. Verse one, to the elder, to my dear friend. Verse two, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Verse five, dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing. Verse 11, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Verse 13, the friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. How important is friendship in the scriptures. Friendship is the goal of the gospel. Christians rightly think salvation is the goal for forgiveness, but I want you to know the key to bring people in is that we possess something. They see you operating in something that there's nowhere found in the world and it's called real for friendship where you can forgive people, you can overlook this, you confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. 
There is no place else like that. And unfortunately, there's a lot of churches that it doesn't exist in either. The Bible tells us and draws us as friendships, be a friend of God and one another. And it's going to cost. Because to have a friend, it says you must be a friend. But then there are some relationships that you're the friend and they are not. Well, I'm going to have to give you a prophetic word. There's, there are people that you put into and 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 put into. And let me tell you, that's not a friend if they're not giving ever anything back. You are reaching out to them to try to bring them into the fold, to bring them into the kingdom. And the problem is, is a lot of people get disappointed. Oh, I put into them and I put into them, I put into them. They're not your friend. That is a ministry for to reach out to bring them in, to show them love. Put it in the right category. Know that you may never get back from that. There's some of you who have friends right now that don't give back. But I just love them so much. They don't love you. They love themselves. They love what you can give. And it's like King David. When King David had a child, illegitimate child with Bathsheba, and it died. And he cried and he cried. He loved that child. He cried and he cried and he cried. He couldn't get over it. The prophet comes by and says, get off your knees, wash your face, and go have another baby. Some of you got to... Get up, wash your face, and go make a friend. A real friend. You know what? If, if you're called to, to, to love that person, love that person, do it, but don't expect anything back. That is your sacrifice in the kingdom. That's my sacrifice to reach that person. And I gladly do it, but know your position. Expect nothing from them and you won't get hurt. Actually, you'll be able to do it longer because you know what your position is and why you're doing it. Instead of expecting something back all the time. Okay, <laughs> we'll just pass over those pages. <laughs> I'm gonna go this. Greater love has no man. We read this before. This lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you my servants because a servant doesn't. Indeed, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Let me tell you, this is what friends do. My relationship with you should benefit you. 
You should become better, and my relationship with you, I should become better. That's what friends do. They better one another. Not, you know, there's days that, you know, you may have to give 70, and they don't give it back, but the other, there's another day that they're gonna give the 70%. Friends make you better. Can you say that about your friends, your relationships? That's our example from God. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my commandment. Love each other. That's the blueprint. That's that's the gold standard. That's the litmus test. Do your friends make you better? Do you make them better? Call yourself a friend then. Jesus said this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we love one another, people have, well, non-believers will say, this group of people get together, they kind of can rub you the wrong way, but they forgive, they ask for forgiveness, they give forgiveness. No one loves like that. Surely Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for their sins and rose again because I can see that this is a different group of people. Though if we have true relationships and love one another and forgive and have best friends, that is what the world wants some of you have a guy from work that always calls you. Somebody you knew in the neighborhood that kind of calls you now and then. You know what they're saying? Says, I want a friend. You need to invite them to group. You need to invite them to church. You need to invite them over for supper. And see if they have the, 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 the intellect, the intuitiveness to know that there's something different about you and whatever you are. I want to become. Remember, it takes 15 to 20 people that you bring. Do you know what? By them being able to see you, watch you, watch you live, watch your kids, they're going to just take on some of that to their own personality and want to become more of it. What happens if you bring them to your small group and they're surrounded by people who love one another and do this, this Jesus stuff? That's that many more personalities that are going to be feeding into who they want to be and become. The world is hungry for it. Just get on Facebook and you'll see it. Go to Twitter. It's people fooling themselves, trying to satisfy a hunger that God put in us that can't be satisfied. There's only one place. It's here. It's in the body of Christ. So let me put up the questions and really, these are questions that small groups are gonna be asking and you get to tell your story. You get to come, become honest. Trust those people, that, that group. But today, if you've never embraced God as a friend, do it. 
You can trust him. Let him be your greatest friend and your absolute supreme, holy, righteous God at the same time. It's amazing. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, we have failed on our part being a friend. You said if we will just follow your commands, you consider us your friend. So Father, instead of just saying how much we love you, we commit ourselves to what you've asked us to do, what you've commanded us to do, because you said that's the requirement. Lord, let us be an example of relationships to a world that's looking and dying to have it. For those of you who've been wounded and you might've been wounded by somebody in the church in a friendship, forgive them. Forgive them. It is the only way to go forward. It's David was told, get up, wash your face, and go make another one. Do it right this time. Do it right this time. We ask this in your son's precious name, the Lord Jesus. Amen.